Welcome to Give Me One Reason podcast. I am here today with Tom uh, Stoutland, Mm -hmm. who is one of my wonderful students here at UW-Whitewater. And I welcome you, Tom. Welcome. Thank you. I uh, really appreciate being here and uh, being able to talk a little bit. Right. As you know, um, our topic is called Give Me One Reason, conversations about faith and doubt with millennials. Mm. And you were really open with me about your beliefs and philosophy throughout the little class that we've had. And, um, and you let me know that you are um, you, about your belief system. So if you could share with me your background, first of all, like mm-hmm. where you came from, what your background is. Yeah. Um, so I, um, I am from Norway. And uh, Norway is a predominantly Christian uh, country still. About 70% of the people... Uh, consider themselves part of the state church there and uh, so I'm uh, baptized there and I was actually confirmed as well at uh, 15 uh, which is when we like renew our faith Mm -hmm. and uh, but at that point I didn't really feel like um, didn't really feel like I had thought about it too much I didn't really you know I kind of did it because a lot of other people were doing it Mm -hmm. and also it's like a bit of a I guess a monetary motivation as well because yeah, we you, get a lot of money. Cards from, and money and yeah, from from party. Yeah. 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 And uh, so, you know, you, you a lot of people get um what they call like uh um capital confirmation or mm-hmm. something like that. It's like where they get uh, confirmed where they go through the same ritual but it's not religious. Mm. Um uh, it's I think it's through the humanistic society. Interesting. I've never heard of that. Wow. Yeah. It's it's not super common, but I had a couple mm-hmm. of friends that did it mm-hmm. and uh, but I wasn't informed enough at that point mm-hmm. to make that decision for myself. Mm-hmm. Um but ever since then, I think it was only a year after my confirmation is kind of when I started realizing that um my own beliefs weren't necessarily um you know, I wouldn't necessarily consider myself religious because of my own beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in the beginning, I was, as many people are, um, really kind of, um, I, I compensated on the other side. I was really aggressively atheistic, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I was, like, getting into conversations with a lot of people mm-hmm. uh, about the topic. Um, Looking for opportunities, right, yeah, to and, debate. Yeah, it was kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, uh, mm-hmm. my my beliefs are all, you know, logically based and, you know, there's all these facts and stuff like that. And so you can search them up on the internet and, you know, Mm kind of take the logical high horse. Mm -hmm. Uh, But um, then kind of, um, then I started uh, reading uh, a lot of uh, philosophical uh, novels, a lot of philosophical fiction. And uh, like I talked about Camus and Dostoevsky. and th- those were kind of my, my first foray into, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. existentialist philosophy. And that's when I realized that, you know, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily as simple as, as um, you know, I had believed it was. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so does Tyowski, you know, wasn't he a believer? Yeah. Okay, well, the, did, did I tell you that story in class at all? When I got asked to do this podcast, the Dogma Debate? Yeah. And my... Next door, my uh, philosophy professor colleague was a, is a believer, and he's like, "Oh my God, you know, be careful, they're gonna eat you alive, whatever." Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, "Bring up Dostoevsky," which now I can say it. But mm-hmm. that day, he was like, "Oh," and I was so scared to to be going on this atheist podcast. And he said, "Bring that up, how God is, um, because he's gonna want you to solve the problem of evil." And and I'm like, "Holy crap! Oh no!" <laughs> you know. And he's like, "Talk about how Dostoevsky said God is." doesn't want to alleviate our suffering he promises to be with us in our suffering and mm-hmm. and i'm like just just to ask you, uh, my son was like mom if you can't pronounce the name don't bring it up you know so it's like i never did bring that up but yeah interesting yeah yeah well the the novel that i read by his was uh the idiot mm-hmm. and it really um shows kind of like the modern problem of uh, uh of religion mm-hmm. it um you know it has this christ-like figure or character that's like uh, the main character Mm -hmm. and he um you know he's treated like he's an idiot but in uh, uh, realistically he's like uh, Dostoevsky draws all these parallels to 
uh, between him and Christ, and it's really a point he's trying to make. I think that, um, you know, a modern society isn't necessarily compatible with what's considered like classical, um, uh, classical religious beliefs, and it's kind of like uh, I always interpreted it a little bit similar to like. Nietzsche's saying of God is dead and we've killed him kind of mm-hmm. because uh, faith has changed so much mm-hmm. and um, so it wasn't wasn't so much as like uh, for me it wasn't like an attack on religion at all mm-hmm. it was more like um, you know uh, showing how it has changed over mm-hmm. over time and um, you know that and uh, what I talked about in my last speech with mm-hmm. Kierkegaard and mm-hmm. stuff like that kind of uh, um you know, uh, told me that uh, there's something that had, uh, like, along history, there's something that had to change mm-hmm. uh, for religion to become, like, compatible with modern times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do you, do you believe at this point in the existence of a god or a creator? Uh, no, I, I, I couldn't say that I believe in the existence of any like all-powerful being or mm-hmm. anything like that but mm-hmm. I would consider myself more of a, a spiritual mm-hmm. person than mm-hmm. I have been before mm-hmm. not like in a religious sense but in a sense that I believe that there's like a spiritual mm-hmm. uh, aspect to you know us as individuals mm-hmm. and uh, that we have to take care of it so I had a thought this morning I know it's very offensive and I, it's even offensive to me as a Christian mm-hmm. when people say um, oh they're an atheist how could they be moral you know, because my oldest son is, and he's one of the most moral people I know, and it's, uh, that offends me. But I was thinking this morning about words that we use, like mercy and grace mm-hmm. and forgiveness, even forgiving once somebody. They have such a root in our religious yeah. ideology. Mm-hmm. So how do you use, think of those words apart from religion? Do you? Uh, well, I, I always... Uh, when I, whenever I read um, religious uh, texts, I always encounter these words, and I always think it's really beautiful because it's a really poetic language, mm-hmm. and it's really uh, powerful in terms of emotion and expression, I feel like. And, um, and so I feel like I, uh, I do... Um, I don't use it much myself, maybe a little bit in my writing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do write a lot. I write a little bit of poetry and a little bit of mm-hmm. fiction. And so I try to uh, try to get like a little bit of classical language, but in my day to day life, I mm-hmm. I don't know if I if I uh, you know hear or use those words uh, mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but how it exactly like do you feel like they still have the the same uh, religious connotation that they? Well, what I'm thinking is like okay, so. When I understand the word mercy, like, or showing somebody mercy, I don't even mean about God, I mean, or even God showing me mercy. I'm thinking of, like, mm-hmm. showing mercy to somebody that I'm in a relationship with, or there's been an offense, or we've oh, hurt each other, yeah. um, okay. or having grace for somebody. Mm-hmm. All those things are such tied, are, are so tied to, I guess, in the background, this idea that Jesus had grace and mercy on me, or God has mercy on me, so... Therefore, that's where my frame of reference is, where it comes from. Okay, mm-hmm. does that make sense? Yeah. So for me to share that with my fellow person, so is there a place for mercy and grace and forgiveness in an atheist mindset? Well, of course there would be, right? right? As I even ask you that and your head shaking, I'm like, <laughs> of course there is. That's offensive. But I'm just saying, where does the frame of reference come in? Yeah. Is um, that a good question or is that a dumb question? No, I think it's a good question. I think, um, you know, we have to... Uh, take lessons from religion. I think religion is mm-hmm. extremely important in terms of providing, like, um, you know, a uh, sort of ethical framework mm-hmm. that we can kind of hang on to. And um, the, I feel like, especially um, in modern society, I feel like it's, um, it's disappeared a lot. I feel like there are so many people that have so different values Mm-hmm. that I feel like, um, you know, we're just becoming more and more polarized mm. and that we can't even, like, uh, agree on simple definitions. Mm-hmm. And and um, I think that's that's really a, an essential problem. And so I feel like it's really important to look to um, not only religion, but also a lot of, um, you know, um, 
earlier classical philosophers and mm-hmm. stuff like that because I feel like they, uh, you know, they tell us something about how we can function as society and yeah. even also in relationships like um, interpersonal relationships. I've mm-hmm. always felt like, uh, you know, if you're gonna be with someone if, and if you love someone, you gotta do so unconditionally, mm-hmm. um, and you gotta give it kind of your all. Mm-hmm. And um, you know that means being able to forgive and um, and you know uh, kind of overlook uh, certain obvious flaws or whatever, and mm-hmm. try to uh, you know focus on the positive instead of the negative. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what I believe in terms of mm-hmm. in terms of um, those those types of values figuring into our lives yeah so values are obviously a part of your life and but i mean some people ignorantly say well how could atheists have morals or values or Mm -hmm. that's ridiculous right i mean i don't mean to be leading in that question but that's offensive and yeah i think that a lot of people do uh a lot of atheists do um appreciate uh religion for these values that they have Mm -hmm. you know i think a lot of them uh don't have any, you know, issues with, with these uh, values mm-hmm. that are so uh, um, that are subscribed to by religious people, mm-hmm. and so I think that the you know atheism and they it might to a certain extent um, undermine it because there is a conflict you know between yeah. a- atheism and religion, but I don't think there necessarily has to be. I don't think it's uh, it's uh, a necessity. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking too, like unfortunately, from what I see, and I could be cynical, but in Christendom, there's such a lack of morality mm-hmm. as far as, and I don't mean sex and drugs and rock and roll. I mean like, you know, kindness, compassion, the idiot Christ. You know, yeah. we don't see that in the public yeah. forum. You know, um, and it's we've lost touch with what it, I believe it means to be a Christ follower would mm-hmm. be my, um, so we don't reflect that necessarily. So what is morality anymore? What are values, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, that's kind of a sad state, but so who are, who are your favorite philosophers? Would it be <laughs> Camus if was the first one that you? Yeah. Or? Camus is like probably the most important one to me mm-hmm. just because he was, um, he was, uh, the first one I really became interested in, mm-hmm. he uh, he had this uh, statement. I think that uh, the only important philosoph- uh, philosophical question should be whether or not we should commit suicide, and it's you know it's really a dire statement, but I it resonated with me a lot at at one point. Hmm. Um, what was he saying? Like, explain that to me. Like, he was uh, well his absurdist philosophy was essentially making the point that there isn't any inherent meaning mm-hmm. in life mm-hmm. and so we have to um we have to figure out uh whether or not we we are p- capable of Creating? infusing a meaning oh. yeah oh that's beautiful yeah and so uh, that's that's so kind even of even though it sounded negative it's actually kind of a challenge like do we have a reason to live or not yeah is that exactly. kind of what it was yeah exactly and so that um that kind of resonated with me early on mm-hmm. when I read his works and, you know, he had this statement at the end of um, the myth of Sisyphus mm-hmm. where he says that the struggle to find meaning is enough to fill a man's heart and even, you know, mm-hmm. being, trying to find that meaning is, you know, uh, mm-hmm. enough meaning in itself. That's beautiful. Mm. And I can see that because the quality of life that I see of people around me Mm-hmm. that are searching for that meaning in life, whether they're believers, atheists, is higher mm-hmm. than the people that don't really care. Yeah. It's like they're just existing. Yeah. And they're who they believe in, if they believe in God or not, is kind of immaterial. They're just existing. Mm-hmm. But ones that are on that search um, to understand and uh, seem to have a quality to their life that is better or higher yeah would you agree with that does oh, that make yeah. sense yeah absolutely i think mm-hmm. so i think there's um a lot of value that comes from comes from that struggle as well and trying mm-hmm. to find uh find some sort of meaning i think there it's um it's really valuable you um you get a lot of more knowledge you get a more mm-hmm. you get more in touch with yourself i feel like mm-hmm. and uh what you want for yourself mm-hmm. and so i feel like um you know there's more of a 
purpose there. Mm -hmm. And the people that are aware of that purpose, they might appreciate it more. That's beautiful. And like self-awareness is so important. Mm -hmm. And it's something I didn't realize um, until like probably the last 20 years of my life, and I'm 54, is that being self-aware is key. Yeah. Like if I'm aware of who I am, what my thoughts are, negative, positive, what my dreams are, you know, Mm -hmm. ridiculous ones, what my goals are, what my weaknesses are, when I'm fully conscious of where I'm at and what I'm dealing with, um, I'm more responsible for mm-hmm. my actions. I'm I'm more um, kind. I'm mm-hmm. more deliberate. I'm more on purpose. Yeah. You know, I live my life more intentionally. Absolutely. And I think self awareness is the key to having a rich life, mm-hmm. even if it's really hard to look at yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And that, this is kind of where I've um, I've looked into more spirituality and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I've mm-hmm. I've looked into a lot of. Uh, Buddhism, yeah, and you know mindfulness yeah. and yeah. Um, kind of uh, getting in touch with your own mm-hmm. uh, unconsciousness, mm-hmm. and it's not it's not something that I f- find very easy, but um, you know it's it's a challenge, mm-hmm. and it's uh, I think that if you if you practice it, it can c- become a part of your everyday life, mm-hmm. and so I I uh, meditate a lot. Mm-hmm. It's both to um, alleviate stress yeah and also to uh just kind of let my mind flow a little bit mm-hmm. let it take take its own course and it is um it is actually crazy to me sometimes how powerful it can be because i can just sit there and all of a sudden you can kind of feel like you're letting go of all the stress and it it's almost like a, a euphoric feeling that's amazing. I would love to be able to experience that. I have heard Sam Harris talk a lot about meditation. Mm-hmm. And um, my brain is so full of so much. I often yeah. describe it as like, and it's not that I'm special or busier, but it's like, <laughs> I think I just hold on to so much. Yeah. So I feel like I have this huge pie in my head. Mm-hmm. But my pie doesn't have like eight slices. It's got like, I picture banana cream or something. I love <laughs> banana cream. But, but it's like got like 20 slices right yeah and so wherever i'm at in the moment that might be the slice i live in but all the other times you know that's just there kathy you should be doing this kathy this 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 yeah. this it's never empty my brain and i i could see the benefit if i could get to a point where i could just let go of everything even for 20 minutes yeah that would be amazing yeah no absolutely it's it's um it's not easy to get to that point but mm-hmm. i i actually got to it um by accident I kind of uh because I was um having a bit of a um I guess you'd call it like a kind of anxiety attack. Yeah. I had a lot of stuff on my mind and yeah. I was drinking a lot of energy yeah. <laughs> drink. Yeah. Um and so it was it just kind of like all like made me feel really stressed. It made my uh my breath breath feel like mm-hmm. short mm-hmm. and like my heart started pounding and mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't anything in particular that I was doing. I was just trying to relax. And so I, I felt like I had to like just sit down and force my mind to kind of um let go of all those stop. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly. It was just like it had to like I had to shortcut it mm-hmm. for for a couple of minutes and so I just sat down and you know it uh, things kind of flow in and out mm-hmm. of your head mm-hmm. um you you start thinking of something and then you uh you realize that oh that that's not what I'm supposed to be doing because it's you know that's so you just kind of let it go you just kind of let it keep flying through like yeah. I'm picturing a word picture like my ears right mm-hmm. so like I want a blank space for a while right yeah and these thoughts come through and so what do I do just like not grab them and hang on to them just... no, I I try to like uh get them kind of uh organically out of mm-hmm. my head by trying to like i i uh repeat like mantras to myself mm-hmm. or something like that or i mm-hmm. force myself to think of like so nothing th- okay and thinking of nothing is obviously thinking itself yeah and so um i tend to just you know picture you know some sort of like outer space landscape inside mm-hmm. my head where mm-hmm. where i'm just like flowing and mm-hmm. and there's nothing else Mm-hmm. around and so um when you when when I was able to do that for a sustained amount of time for about 10 minutes or 15 minutes or so that's when that feeling of like immense relief and it was just like almost euphoric wow and that so it's like a place you can go back to now whenever you need to 
Well, it's it's still a little bit difficult. Yeah. It's it's still definitely a challenge yeah. because yeah. I'm not. I, I don't think I'm as experienced as mm-hmm. I could be, mm-hmm. but it's it's something uh, that I go back to like every once in a while. Have you listened to Sam Harris on meditation? I haven't. Yeah, yeah. I think you'd appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. I should listen um, to that. Do you? Um, so, you don't believe there's a God. Does that create in you any sense of like hopelessness or worry or, like, or does that just cool with you? Like, do you worry about what happens when we die or? Uh no, I used to. I used to worry a lot. Uh, I think I had a very early onset of being like aware of my own mortality. Mm-hmm. I used to think about, uh, you know, that sort of stuff when I was ten, and I was like mm-hmm. laying in bed, mm-hmm. and I used to make myself cry by thinking about what mm-hmm. uh, the fact that I'll, you know, eventually I'll never be mm-hmm. on the earth again, mm-hmm. and um, I I. Even at that point, it, I didn't even realize that, you know, religion was um, an alternative to that, really. Mm-hmm. I, I had been, I was aware, aware of what religion was. I had been to, like, a couple of um, services as well. Uh, but I didn't realize that that was, like, the purpose of religion. So I think that I just, mm-hmm. from a very early age, kind of accepted that there might be nothing. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, um, I don't think that it... it necessarily has to be that way even even now after I've accepted that it doesn't Mm. it doesn't like instill me with any sort of like hard belief that Mm. it has to be nothing Mm -hmm. you know I feel like they're so whatever it is it'll be yeah you don't stress about it exactly and that's that's Mm -hmm. kind of how I try to Mm -hmm. try to be about it and I Mm -hmm. you know it could be for all I know it could be like a a, you know a more uh, eastern uh, Mm -hmm. philosophical thing where it's like the spiritual energy continues on some mm-hmm. other plane or like it mm-hmm. comes back and mm-hmm. this like uh, reincarnation or something yeah something mm-hmm. like that so how does your family feel about you being an atheist uh they're not uh religion has never been like a huge thing in my family mm-hmm. and that's kind of what i saw growing up mm-hmm. uh that you know both my parents i asked them pretty early on and neither one of them had like a very mm-hmm. strong opinion one way or the other hmm. um so it's not a relational issue at all yeah no do you see that different here in the states oh yeah yeah, yeah. I, so? I feel like a lot of people are um well i feel like in general there, there's a lot more polarity here mm-hmm. and um there's uh, the people that are religious tend to be very uh hardcore religious Mm -hmm. and a lot of people that there's obviously people that Mm -hmm. fall in between Mm -hmm. but there's Mm -hmm. a lot of people still that um you know are very hardcore uh religious and they're very um very in touch with their values and that's like the most important thing and so if the values are that important I feel like it uh creates you know more of a stigma if there is like a clash between values Mm -hmm. in families Mm -hmm. you know yeah, and I think our identity is so wrapped up in our religion in this country. Yeah. You know, like, because uh, I see you as Tom, a, a kind, compassionate young man in front of me, and uh, I see that you're like, okay, yeah, I'm Tom, but this is what I believe, mm-hmm. right? But so many of us in our country, it's like uh, being a Christian or, you know, is so tied up in, I know for me as a mother, raising my children, and we are Christians, I raise my kids, and this is who we are, this is who we are. Mm. And so then when that got challenged for me mm-hmm. by one of my children, it was devastating because that's our identity. That's the way I raised you. That's what I did. Yeah. That's So I took it so personal. Do yeah. you know what I mean? But I see around that such a core part of our identity that it's almost like being an American or something. It's like mm. where <laughs> it's not something you believe, it's something you are. Yeah. And I used to think, well, that's good. But I look, I don't think so anymore. I mm-hmm. think we should be a little more objective and stand outside of it a bit and, yeah. and look at ourselves and go, hmm, how does this inform my life and mm-hmm. how does it affect my life? But so what is like the, uh, for you, what's like the personal divide there? Is it like the fact that they're not going to reach salvation or is it just that they don't have the same values? Well, or? ironically, I would I would say my son and I still share the same values as far mm-hmm. as values of kindness, loving you, you know, your neighbor, your family. We grew up, you know, I, my children grew up dealing with homeless people and addicts mm-hmm. and reaching out to the marginalized, you know. So I feel like he definitely has all those same values. Mm-hmm. Um 
uh, I think I just felt like attacked because for him to give away to not believe anymore meant like I saw it personally like I failed mm. because as Christian parents in the church so much we're told you know especially maybe here in America you know um you know train up a child in the way he should go when he's old he won't depart and mm. um and I don't see him departing in any ways having to do with what really matters as far as loving his wife and his children and yeah. being, you know, I mean, he's an amazing person, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't make sense to him anymore to believe in God. But, but, but because it was such a part of our core identity back then, mm. it, it just felt like a challenge at the time. Like he yeah. was challenging his whole childhood and upbringing. Like he didn't like it yeah. or he hated it or something. So maybe it was like a sense of uncertainty of what would become of it or yeah and i honestly this i don't i'm not typical in that i don't believe in hell and it's not like well i just don't like that part so i threw it out mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense to me yeah that god would ask me to forgive my enemies but he would fry his for eternity yeah. okay it doesn't make sense to me that um if jesus died you know for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. If that's true and that happened and he died for who? He died for the whole world. Yeah. And if everybody before Christ was forgiven, why wouldn't everybody after Christ? Mm. And then there's scriptures that say by one man's sin, Adam came, death came to all. Mm. And then by one man, Christ Jesus, life came to all. Mm. So if Adam made me a sinner, why wouldn't Jesus make us all righteous and right with God? Yeah. So therefore, I don't believe my son is lost. Yeah. I don't believe anybody's lost. So I don't, I'm blessed, I would say blessed, some people think I'm a heretic, mm-hmm. but I'm blessed to have had that belief for about 20 years, yeah. I'd say. So I don't worry about him not being with me in eternity. Mm-hmm. I just worried that he challenged the way he was brought up, that he didn't think it was good. Because I have all these beautiful memories and mm-hmm. taking him and him praying to receive Jesus in his heart. And, yeah. Easter egg hunts and you know Bible memory things and I homeschooled and gospel bill and all these things that were a part of our culture when he said I don't believe anymore I felt like he was renouncing that whole culture and the way my performance as a mother and all I did was do what I knew to do at the time Mm -hmm. looking back I probably would let him watch the Ninja Turtles okay or he man you know but I didn't because I was doing the right thing but I um it just felt talent. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, now I get it. You know, he tells me, Mom, I wouldn't choose any other way to grow up. Thank mm-hmm. you. I, but you didn't give yourself enough credit. He feels like, in our podcast we had together, he said something about, I feel like you shouldn't give God the credit. I feel like you're not giving yourself the credit because it was our relationship that made my childhood beautiful. Yeah. Not our belief system. Mm. But at the time, as a young mother, I was a very young mother, my whole life was channeled through my belief system and I don't really feel like that's true today mm-hmm. although some might think that's a bad thing to say I uh I don't care I'm pretty much over that um <laughs> I, uh, I would say definitely my belief in the mission of Christ which is to love the least of these and you know Jesus's life informs my decisions on a daily basis. I'm always thinking, what would Jesus do? Or not in a bracelet way, but in the like, um, what would be Christ's example in this situation? So I'm always mindful of that, but I'm no longer mindful of the culture of Christianity. Mm. Or how would people think of me in light of this if I have a beer? I don't worry anymore if I have a beer. You know, I don't don't care about all that stuff. That's external it's how I treat people is what matters. Yeah. It's gotten a way simpler for me. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, that feeling of having to, you know, conform in all as- aspect of your life. Yeah. That's, uh, I don't know if it's something that's like um, a remnant of like all the, you know, how people were in older days where they had like the rituals to enforce yeah. everyone to, yeah. to um, conform on a daily basis yeah. to like the religious standard or whatever. I don't know if that's, yeah. Like a remnant of that or... And I definitely felt that. I definitely felt like I was... Yeah, I felt under pressure for every area of my life mm. to line up with the Word of God, whatever that was, right? Whether it's you never say shit, you never... 
<laughs> and I didn't. Yeah. You know, and it was so liberating when my son was dying and I learned to swear. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying, you know, going outside the hospital and saying, I don't know, I might have did an F-bomb to God. And mm-hmm. I waited for lightning. Yeah. And nothing ever came. In fact, I remember feeling like <laughs> this feeling of him pulling me up in his lap and like you know like a little kid hits their dad because they're mad at the world and their dad just takes it that's what I felt God gave me like I'm not mad at you for cussing me out let me hold you and go ahead and let it out yeah and that was the beginning of like wow I can just be Kathy I don't have to be moral Kathy who doesn't swear and do this or do this or do this or have real emotions about things or I don't have to be a robot. I get to just be me, and God loves and accepts me for me mm. right where I'm at. And so that was so liberating to me. So it's hard for me to let go of those things because I get, honey, that I can't make sense of everything existence for God. I can't mm. really make a case for the existence of God. And mm. I appreciate that you're not at that first-year atheism where we have to yell at each other for that for an hour. Um <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't even get in your kind eyes that you're even asking for that of me. Um, but I guess I'm wanting you to see that it's hard for me to let go of that God who I feel did pull me up in his lap and help yeah. me through my child who was dying and got me through some of the most difficult times in my life. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to let go of that. Yeah. I can let go of all the religious bullshit attached to it, mm-hmm. which there was so much. Yeah. You know, but... I don't, to me, that wasn't God. That was the trappings that I added to it. So I think I'm pretty stripped down at this point, you Mm -hmm. know, where I just kind of believe in the message of Christ and something in my heart tells me God is real. Um, And I know I should be talking to you. I'm here, I'm talking to you (laughs) instead of you talking to me. Um, I had a Muslim friend tell me once, lady, you know, he was so worried about me because in Islam, they don't compare or what do you call it associate partners with God right so for me to say Jesus was God he was really scared for me because he loved me Mm -hmm. and he was like I love you and I'm scared every time you say Jesus is God I worry that Allah is gonna you know because Mm -hmm. we don't associate partners with God and I'm like ah I can't tell you what part of me I mean, everything inside of me says Jesus is God. Now, is it because I was raised from day zero? Mm-hmm. Or is it because I really believe that? I can't really, I can't really tell you. Yeah. I can't separate that out. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's, uh, you know, it's difficult to be entirely aware of um, what you, um, what you feel like, truly feel inside, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people... Um, you know, uh, trade that, trying to mm-hmm. uh, trade that sense of like, um, self or like mm-hmm. sense of what they truly are with, um, you know, hard facts or like logic yeah. or something like that. And or religion. Yeah. On each end, right? And yeah. each end, they just, they don't, they neglect who they are. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And to me, I think the hard facts and logic thing, you can get really caught up in that because they're... I think, and please jump in, I think there's so much we can't explain. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, um, I, uh, I uh, am minoring in bioinformatics. When I started... What is that? That is um, basically the study of, like, uh, our genome, or, like, okay. our genetic material. Okay. And it, it's uh, so much information that we have to use computers to tackle it. Mm. And so... Um, it's essentially like the intersection of biology and computer science. So it's using computers to wow. analyze. Interesting. Yeah. So what is your major then? Computer science. Okay. Mm. And so what would you like to do with that? Uh, it's, hmm, I'd like to do some meaningful research. Like on the genome project or something like that? Or yeah, like something just, like okay, that. Okay. It's, uh, and even uh, not on something as important as that even, maybe mm-hmm. like something in... In Norway, for example, now there's a huge crisis or like there's a huge discussion about what we're going to do when all the oil money run out, which Mm -hmm. is essentially like the national fund Mm -hmm. of Norway. And, uh, you know, one of our main uh, exports is fish, Mm -hmm. but we have a lot of, uh, I don't know what it's called in English, but it's called salmon lice that basically uh, 
kills a lot of the salmon it makes okay. it uh, uh, we can't export it and so um, there's a huge project in for example solving solving this problem and trying mm -hmm. to uh, get some sort of you know genetic information about mm. about the salmon that is essential to make them or allow them to survive all this yeah which uh, would help the economy survive and then wow that would yeah. be very important uh, so something like that um, mm -hmm. or uh, you know manufacturing proteins for medicine or mm -hmm. uh, that that's what I'm ho I, I hope to do I eventually hope to be a, either a professor who does research on the side or mm -hmm. um, or uh, worked in a lab lab leader I believe you'll do it Tom. Yeah, yeah I hope so yeah so what do you what reasons do you see like what percentage do you have of would say some of your friends like or young people that you know Millennials what would be a percentage you think are believers and not believers hmm. I mean that really care about belief and faith. I don't mean just yeah whatever. Yeah, yeah no, I, I I know what you mean. Uh, I think I've uh, I've had not a whole lot of people that are really, you know, devoted to religion. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't encountered a lot of people like that. One of my best friends from uh, from elementary school uh, was very religious mm -hmm. uh, through his family, um, and. Here in the U.S., it's really not something that I've uh, talked to a lot of people about. Mm -hmm. um, so I, it would be hard to do like um, a percentage or attach a percentage. To yeah, that. but yeah. maybe like uh, of the young people that I've encountered, maybe like forty percent, mm -hmm. something like that. Maybe less. Yeah. Um, but uh, a lot of them are in Norway. There's a lot of. Um, uh, Muslim immigrants, mm -hmm. and a lot of them are a lot more devoted to their religion yeah. than uh, you know people yeah. who are traditionally brought up in Christian faith. Yeah. Um, so that would be a big percentage of that, um, you know, that are actually devoted to religious beliefs. Did you have Muslim friends over there? Uh, a couple. Yeah. A couple that yeah. uh, were I, I was closer to, or um, that I well acquaintances maybe yeah. would yeah. be more the uh, the appropriate, but. Uh, you know, I had, um, I, I heard a lot of stories of, uh, of the way people came here. And so mm -hmm. I can kind of see with the hardship mm -hmm. that they've been through, I can kind of see how religion fits into that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that image. Mm -hmm. But, uh, for example, where I worked, I worked at, ironically, I worked at a McDonald's in Norway. Yeah, really? And, um, I was, uh, one of the few white people in the kitchen there mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and everyone else would be uh you know either from Somalia or mm -hmm. uh Pakistan and they mm -hmm. would all you know um practice their faith pretty mm -hmm. uh pretty uh, fervently I guess oh you mean like pray at the right time and yeah, find a clean exactly. corner and, yeah, yeah. Yep. they had like a they had a prayer room in the uh, that was upstairs mm -hmm. uh, where we mm -hmm. used to also uh, change into our work clothes and mm -hmm. so I would pass and pass there before my shifts and after mm -hmm. my shifts and you know that I would see on their Facebooks that mm -hmm. you know they have a lot of different rituals and I'm not by no means an expert on mm -hmm. those in uh, the Muslim faith but um, they had like Eid or what mm -hmm. it's called mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, which, you know, I, it would always be a, a thing whenever that started, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But on the other hand, there would always be, like, a thing whenever um, Easter oh, oh, right, started right, yeah. for, like, the Christian population. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're, uh, we're still very aware of, uh, you know, the Christian tradition. So would you say they're cohabitating pretty peacefully over there in Norway? Yeah, for the most part. I'd, yeah. I'd say that we, uh, you know, a lot of people are... A lot more worried about other countries in Europe that mm -hmm. I think they they don't have as strict of an immigration policy, mm -hmm. but I feel like Norway strikes a balance where it is it's not you know a lot of injustice mm -hmm. that you have a lot of people commenting on here in the u s mm -hmm. with the uh, i c e and mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. all the um, uh, illegal immigration there's a lot of like perceived injustice from both sides yeah yeah. Um, and in Norway, we don't have a lot of that, mm -hmm. uh, but also there's, um, 
you know, I've heard from a lot of Norwegians that they also worry to a certain extent, mm -hmm. you know, how many people are we capable of uh, accepting before that becomes, you know, mm -hmm. that takes over our own culture. Right. And so yeah. that's, that's um, something that a lot of people are aware of. Yeah. I'm Norwegian and mm -hmm. Lebanese, isn't that? Uh, yeah. yeah, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> I've never been to Norway. I've just heard it's so beautiful. Yeah, I uh, I miss the nature there a lot. Yeah, and the weather too. <laughs> How big is the country actually? Like like is it like the size of Minnesota or I mean it's, Wisconsin? Or it's actually bigger? pretty big. Uh, really? Geographically, it's yeah. a pretty big country, but there's only about four million people, five five million oh. people that live there. In the whole country. Yeah. Wow. And so we have about a little bit more than, you know, the same amount of people that live in Wisconsin. Yeah. And the I would say that the space is utilized in a similar way to Wisconsin. Yeah. You know how there's a lot of like, um, there's a lot of like kind of forest here. There's yeah. a lot of wilderness and yeah. it's the same in Norway. There's wow. a lot of, you know, completely farming. uninhabited oh, okay. areas and there's a lot of farming as yeah. well. Um, and so there, it's not, I don't think uh, the issue is that we don't uh, have room for a lot of immigrants. I think the, the issue is uh, for a lot of people, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm too, um, I wouldn't say I'm very harsh on immigration policy mm -hmm. or culture preservation or uh, I'm not too worried about it. Um, but um, a lot of people are worried that because we're only 5 million, mm -hmm. you know, we can only take in so many people before sure. that becomes the... That would make sense. Yeah. And so, um, mm -hmm. you know, they have a lot of areas, especially in Oslo, which is the capital, mm -hmm. um, they have a lot of areas that where, you know, you can walk and you're definitely not the, uh, you're definitely the ethnic minority mm -hmm. in, in those areas. And that's, you know, another reason people have kind of started worrying and also the examples from uh Sweden and Germany, Germany yeah. where there's yeah. a lot of um there's a lot of like uh, uh instability or instability mm -hmm. uh or that I personally I don't know a lot about it I just heard that people mm -hmm. you know say mm -hmm. that there's I've heard that too yeah, yeah. it's not um yeah, yeah. Interesting. Thank you for that perspective. What about, finally here, I'd like to ask you, so what do you think are some hindrances to millennials believing in faith? You said something about the internet. I mean, I've heard it said, you know, I think David says, you know, the internet is where religion goes to die. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think there's, it's a, it's definitely a valid claim. I think there's a lot of, you know, very uh, unhealthy debate. Mm -hmm. on the internet mm -hmm. there's a lot of um i and i used to be part of this <laughs> part of the problem here i think uh what i see as the problem now but um you know there's like uh people who are so uh that you know they vilify religion mm -hmm. they they uh, say that it's stunt growth or that it um that the history of religion is you know so littered with evil acts or mm -hmm. whatever in the name of uh, God mm -hmm. but I feel like um, you know and that's not really addressing the core issue the core issue is that people have an inherent need to believe in something to mm -hmm. have or have some sort of sense of meaning you know mm -hmm. and um, I feel like you know there's no room for that on the internet because the internet is um, mm -hmm. you know the information age and everything that's mm -hmm. where information is really um, it's really, you know, put on a pedestal, mm -hmm. even though you can get information for anything, you know, you can, right. you can, uh, you know, you can search up, um, uh, experiments and like reports done on mm -hmm. anything and you can get both perspectives, perspectives on it usually. Mm -hmm. And so I, I feel like that's, uh, a, cent a central problem that isn't really, um, recognized mm -hmm. by the atheists because it's just you know they they uh, there's this sense of like you know uh shoving your beliefs on people and mm -hmm. and really uh trying to win a debate mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. validating your own beliefs by winning that debate mm -hmm. and so i feel like you know in the in a debate in the modern sense of the word uh you know um 
facts and information is really given an unfair unfair advantage I feel like mm. then you know that sort of leap of faith mm-hmm. type of way of gaining knowledge you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. believing something simply because um, there's something inside you that tells th- you that that's mm-hmm. correct mm-hmm. and I feel like with you know millennials there's um, there's so many people that feel like there's uh, there's a room for every single little like individualized value Mm -hmm. even though as a society I think we rely a lot more Mm -hmm. on you know uh, tradition and uh, values that are inherited Mm -hmm. than we realize and so I feel like um, yes people definitely do go to the internet and Mm -hmm. come out on the other side Mm -hmm. you know with a belief that there is nothing Mm -hmm. uh, and that there that religion is you know the root of all evil or whatever Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I feel like um realistically that's oversimplifying it Hmm. that's really gracious and I think that's true I would agree with you on that and I also believe that you know if God is real Mm -hmm. and I happen to believe he is I would think he uh is bigger than all of that Mm -hmm. and um so eventually you know this is a journey too like where i'm at today i may not be there tomorrow or next year or in same with you yeah. you know and i don't know where that'll be mm-hmm. you know we could flip sides you know i don't <laughs> i don't i want to i know i have some people worried that i already am flipping you know just by even engaging and having these questions but i found my life's been made richer since i'm more objective and looking at things yeah. And it makes me hang on to what I truly feel I need to hang on to. Mm. And it makes me let go of what I think, you know what, I can let that go. Mm. You know, and that stripping away, I don't think is a bad thing. Yeah. As long as you're aware and in tune with your core. Exactly. You yeah. know, and um, and all that that means, but. Yeah, I feel like it's, you know, it's, a, you know, a confidence in yourself mm-hmm. to be able to listen to other mm-hmm. people and their viewpoint. Uh and you know, still be able to maintain your own beliefs, not necessarily have that yeah. uh, impact your own beliefs. Because, and I feel like it's really important because people aren't looking as much for the truth anymore as they are for, mm-hmm. you know, changing things mm-hmm. in the way that they see fit. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually had um, uh, something happen here recently that I I posted this uh, national romantic uh, picture. It was a painting um, mm-hmm. from Norway, mm-hmm. and it was just because I simply, you know, missed home a little bit. I, sure. And I really appreciate those paintings because they represent, you know, a somewhat glorified um, view of the beauty that is there. But, you know, mm-hmm. still, it's it's a very nice image to look at. But then all of a sudden, here comes these... Um, there are all these like right-wing extremists that came and like retweeted my picture and that all of a sudden um changed the message entirely you know because yeah. they see that yeah. as a symbol of their own nationalism oh i see yeah. you know and yeah. that that isn't what i intended with the picture at all oh wow and so it's it really shows that you can interpret anything in a bunch mm-hmm. of different ways and have mm-hmm. it mean uh, a bunch mm-hmm. of different things Mm-hmm. But uh, in what and people we, can misconstrue and screw, you know, mess with things and give it a different slant. Yes, yeah. exactly. And so that we we should be focused more on not what something symbolizes, but rather the truth behind that mm-hmm. symbol. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the whole issue of truth, you know, like um, what is truth? Then um, is it different to you than it is to me? And yeah. You know, I, that's a whole other discussion. But yeah. I always go back to a scripture just because <laughs> that's my frame of reference. And, you know, I believe that, you know, yes, if God is truth or holds the truth. But it says, if you seek me, you'll find me. So I feel like if people are seeking the truth, mm. whatever that is, I don't think you can really go wrong in your journey. I think it, our life is a journey. Yeah. It's like it's not a destination. I'm not... Until I die, I'm going to be hopefully growing, learning, evolving. Mm-hmm. Now, not everybody lives life that way. Yeah. And I'm grateful that I've been at a point in the last 20 years or so that I have lived my life out actively pursuing, seeking, and searching. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think that I can't go wrong if I'm just continuing to learn. And you too. So it's like, who would I be to judge your journey or yeah. vice versa? And it's, I, I don't know. I just And when you give up judging somebody else's journey and making a proclamation about where they're going to go when they die and <laughs> what their heart says. And I mean, thinking back, that was so arrogant to think I could know that about anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it, that makes sense. And, you know, it's, I feel like that's... Um, that's really when it comes to any sort of value and also a big problem in the political debate that people mm-hmm. believe that their their uh, values and their beliefs and their opinions are worth more or more correct, objectively mm-hmm. speaking, mm-hmm. than others. And mm-hmm. in reality, you know, people come from entirely different mm-hmm. uh, backgrounds. I actually, I watched the... Uh, I watched the Malcolm X biography. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, you know, he. It, all I knew about Malcolm X was that he was like, you know, very militant, mm-hmm. very uh, for the segregation of whites and blacks, and mm-hmm. that we should all, we should like, kind of do our own thing. Mm-hmm. And I saw it, it tells like the story of his childhood, mm-hmm. and you know h- how traumatic mm-hmm. that um, that experience is. Of course, mm-hmm. you know, you grow up to have mm-hmm. those types of beliefs when, mm-hmm. when. Uh, you're uh, personally uh like that is the experience that you personally are mm-hmm. uh, are having yeah. but then again he he went to um mecca mm-hmm. uh for a muslim pilgrimage mm-hmm. and he came back believing that you know we shouldn't segregate we should wow. mm-hmm. we should uh really find uh, common beliefs and common values that we all can Mm-hmm. subscribe to mm. and I thought that was you know such an important important change that is beautiful mm. it is interesting how Islam didn't have the negative connotations before mm. um, I grew up my great-grandparents were Muslim because they were Lebanese and I remember um, watching my great-grandfather pray with his beads and um, I remember I don't remember there ever being one negative thing ever said about your grand great-grandparents were Muslim mm. um then I remember Muhammad Ali was a Muslim yeah and then um never heard everybody loved Muhammad Ali like yeah. nobody thought oh but he's a Muslim do you know what I mean yeah so it's so much interesting how media the politics mixing religion and politics yeah. making politics more Christian mm. you know in our country it's just it's amazing how it's changed and I would say perverted a lot of things in my opinion yeah but, yeah I agree yeah that it's uh to to what you said about like life being a journey and and mm-hmm. uh, stuff mm-hmm. like that. I read um a biography about one of my favorite authors. His name is David Foster Wallace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he um the biography is titled and uh, I think it's titled although in the end you end up becoming yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's I I always thought that that was you know really true that. Mm-hmm. There is something, mm-hmm. even though you're aware of it or not, there mm-hmm. is something essential to you mm-hmm. that is driving you in the experience that you have and that is interpreting the way that you see the world around you. Mm-hmm. And it really drives like uh, the personality that you develop. Yeah, and it's our frame of reference. Yeah. I mean, And we all have a unique frame of reference. Mm-hmm. And so when we have a conversation, when we interact, when we're in a classroom, when we're anywhere, it's like our frame of reference informs we are yeah and it's all unique even in the same family you know you could have four siblings grow up and oh I remember that Christmas was being awful and somebody else remembers oh no it was the best Christmas ever right because yeah. that frame of reference can be different so, yeah yeah well thank you so much Tom for talking with me and yeah. thank you for having me I really appreciate it honey thank you <laughs> David Foster Wallace didn't he write brief interviews with hideous men